I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. Well, here we are again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to I Am Podcast. We are doing this thing. I mean, we're about, I don't know, five or six in now, and it's turning out spectacular. Today, we have an incredible friend, guest with us today. Uh, we go way back. And we may get into a little bit to that if we have time. Way, way her back. Name, way, way, way. We're still spring chickens, though. <laughs> you know, her name is, is Angela Setters-Bassard. She is the CEO of Conquer Credit Management. They've been in business for over 30 years, and I can't tell you enough about this woman in terms of her knowledge about uh, credit. I, I knew absolutely nothing about credit until I started listening to her. Uh, we started working on a podcast years ago, and I would just listen in to everything she was saying, acting like I knew <laughs> what she was talking about, <laughs> and it was kind of recording and taking notes at the same time. So welcome to the show, Angela. We're so thankful to have you here. Uh, maybe we could just start off with, how did you get into credit repair? Well, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for having me on your show. Thank you so much for all of the years that you have helped me develop my voice over the sound waves. Um, Just used to love when we first started this, which was, oh my gosh, I was looking at something and I started doing podcasting with you like over 13 years ago. You so ahead it's of the been curve. a long time. You knew back wow. then. Crazy. Unfortunately, I took a big hiatus, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, but um, as far as myself, um, I started, I was emancipated when I was 16. And um, when I went out into the big world, I had to say to myself, what am I going to do with my life? And, um, you know, at 16 years old, you're not really, you know, thinking about what are you supposed to be doing with your life, right? You're thinking about college or whatnot. But mine was, you know, what's your next move? And so I had three jobs and one of them was actually working for a bank. And I started off as a receptionist and I moved my way up to being an underwriter at a really young age. Of course, they didn't know how old I was because back then you could your documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, you can't do that kind of stuff. But um, I'm a Christian now. This <laughs> seems to be an ongoing thing. Which still has really good sound effects. So go with that. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, so I worked my way up to being an underwriter and I really saw from the banking perspective, what happens to someone in the world of finance and how, you know, the bank looks at things and how we as consumers look at things. And I started helping the clients. And for about a year, uh, I was helping people. I was uh, working for a subprime bank back in the SNL days. So savings and loan days, that was a long time ago. Can you believe that interest rates back then were 18%? And today when we look at interest rates, you know, we're going to be in the the 2.8%. And back then it was that high. 
And so, you know, we were doing BCD lending and I would take our D lenders and I'd put them in a B status, which would save them a ton of money. And one day my boss who loved me because I literally, this was in a company where there were over, you know, 2000 employees. And I worked my way up to being the number two underwriter in the company. And um, he pulled me in the office and he was like, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but I have to fire you. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? I'm the number two. I'm the number two in the company. How could you even do that? And he says, well, you're saving too many people too much money. Wow. And so I'll never forget him. His name was Walter Birch. Um, he's someone that I will never forget because the the speech that he gave me in my exiting was, you are an amazing person. I know you're going to do well. Take what you've learned here and go out and do something amazing. And it, that's a short version. But, um, you know, this was all happening over lunch. And of course, I'm crying hysterically because I'm 17 years old. And this was like my way of living. I had my own apartment. I had a car. I had, you know, all these things. So anyway, so that's how I got into the business. And then, you know, here we are. Um, it'll be 30 years in February I mean, that I've been doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I can, I can absolutely tell you that I love what I do because I get to do something that's a part of my DNA, which is helping people. Um, I love helping people win. I love, you know, I'm a problem or a, I'm a fixer. So this is perfect for me because yeah. I get to fix problems all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was a little girl, I always used to dream about being an attorney. And I would have these reoccurring dreams that I was an attorney and I'd be working really late at night, working on cases and things like that. And even though, you know, I'm doing credit restoration or credit management, a big part of what I do is research and analysis and talking to people about what happened and coming up with a solution, collaborating with my team, you know, finding the loophole. And so although I'm not an attorney, I work with a ton of attorneys and in some cases know a lot more than them when it comes to what I do. Um, I'm getting to, you know, just getting out there and speaking and doing more educating. You know, there's so many wise people out there. But, you know, I think when you have a passion about something that you do, the passion goes a lot longer than knowledge or book knowledge, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's what carries you. It's the purpose. That's the gas. Right? So yes. I'm so interested in, yeah. in credit repair. Exactly. I mean, do you see a disproportionate, I mean, especially in the times that we are right now, everybody's really speaking about the, 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 the BLM movement and just black and brown communities and how the system is failing. Do you see a lot of disparity in, in that? I mean, credit repair, do you, the clientele that are coming to you, is there even a semblance of that? And Well, I think that's a really good question. And, you know, believe it or not, the... I'm going to call it ignorance. Now, I'm not going to say that this is ignorance in the way that the world sees ignorance. This is a way that no one has taught you. Exactly. You know, I would say that it doesn't matter who you are and what background you've come from. A lot of people don't understand the credit system because it's, first of all, not taught in schools. So, you know, I was having a conversation 
last week with a client whose dad is the CEO of a bank. Mm. And you would think that someone that grows up in that family would have been given the information and the tools and the knowledge to be able to combat her own financial path. Right. So I think it, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't come down to, you know, demographics or, you know, how rich or how poor you are. I think it comes down to, you know, I know a lot of very, um, I won't call them poor people, but blue collar workers that know a lot more about credit and finance and take a lot better care of their credit and their finances than people that are super wealthy. So I think it's really about a message of, you know, um, financial literacy and helping people understand that this is not something scary. I, you know, that's the biggest thing that I hear a lot of Mm -hmm. is that people are afraid, no matter what it is, whether it's money, whether it's anything, people are afraid of what they don't know. And I think that when you grow up in a place where no one has taught you the things that you need to know, whether it's because you grew up in an impoverished area and that just wasn't the thing, or you grew up in a really wealthy family that took care of you and you had the silver spoon in your mouth, Mm -hmm. you take both of those two young adults and they're really in the same place they're sitting there without the knowledge to help them grow and be better. So, you know, that's one of the things that I want to do and the aspirations that I have in my next, you know, 20 years of doing what I'm doing is to educate and to help people, you know, not be afraid to know this stuff. Because I always say it on my podcast that your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. And I think that a lot of the younger generation specifically, because we're getting to a place where let's get real, you know, young people would rather go to the dentist than walk in a bank. (laughs) You know, they, they, they do not like, you know, dealing with money they deal with Zelle and Cash App and all of these different apps that are associated to finances. And why is that happening? And why is that movement happening? Really, that movement is happening because it's unfortunately dummying down our financial situation. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that when you're using an app, a lot of the times it's out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. I make this, um, you know, this equation to myself, okay, someone who's really on top of their game and, you know, set, you know, preaches this stuff, right? <laughs> and so I had a, an, an app for a coffee app, you know, and so I used it a lot and I would buy my assistant's coffee and, you know, do things like that. And my bookkeeper comes into me one day and she's like, excuse me. But who has spent $350 on coffee in a month? (laughs) And I was like, did I really spend $350 on coffee? And she was like, yeah, look at this. And I'm thinking in my head, wow, you know, I had to have that revelation and go through that process to see what people go through that use apps and what they're designed for. You, you have to think the banking industry is way ahead of us. 
And what they're always trying to find out is how they can make us do one thing. What's that? Spend, spend money. more money. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> right. And so you hear these things where even right now during the pandemic, one of the things that I see circulating a lot is that people are like, oh, I'm, you know, not having this reoccurring um, expenditure anymore. And I'm getting rid of this app and I'm getting rid of that. And because we have such busy lifestyles and busy lives, a lot of the things you click on and you forget that you're paying $14.99 a month, you know? So it's really about having the education, knowing how things work, and really sitting down. Like, I'm, I'm a big proponent of teaching our children, you know? It's like, it's one of the most important things that we can do is to give our kids the gift of financial literacy. Because without it, they will struggle in the next world that's coming of what I just explained. Yeah. You know, with things being digital, it makes it a lot more untangible than how we grew up. Yeah, I know. I I feel like our catchphrase was knowing the value of a dollar, which still translates, but it's so it's in a different, like you said, world at Mm -hmm. this point. It's at their fingertips in a much different way than it was for us. We still have yeah. tactile sort of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I just yeah. got my kids credit cards, not credit cards, but debit cards that we can, that they can use because they're doing, oh, can I buy this app or can I add this? And, and so it's so, it's, it's just so, it's a changing world in many ways. It is. It is a changing world. And it's really important to get them to pay attention to what it is that they're doing. Because, you know, whether it's a 75-year-old man or a 16-year-old kid, you know, um, if you understand technology, you understand that it's working for you and it's trying to, like I said before, dummy down what you need to do. So it's kind of taking processes away from us and from a a financial standpoint of view, it's good that it can use algorithms and make things a lot easier. But what it can end up doing is coming to bite you because you're not understanding exactly what you're pushing. You're not paying attention to the alerts that you're getting, things of that nature. Right. So as, 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 you know, I know that you are a parent to three beautiful just handsome, uh, incredible boys. Uh, and, um, and I know obviously that you've really focused on that, on that in terms of teaching them for parents that are listening for our listeners, what, what kind of advice do you have to sort of get an early start on that? And for parents too, who are really not, I mean, it's sort of a, a something we can all learn together. I didn't learn until, you know, college and I ran up a big bill because American uh, Express and Bank of America were offering me cards at 18. And I thought, oh, God, this is great. Let's go out to eat. Let's do. I didn't get that education. And you would have thought I, I would have, but I was in that same boat. And so how can I, as a parent, effectively start teaching my children what are some methods and or websites or literature that I can start sharing. Well, one of the things I have to tell you is, you know, I always K-I-R, keep it real. (laughs) And my kids, I could talk to them until they're blue in the face. And it's like, wah, 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 Charlie Brown. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I have tried to teach them all of the things that I preach to other people. But what I'm a big proponent of is it's just like talking to that young lady who grew up in a home with a CEO of a bank. 
one of the things that we try to do as parents is we try to model a way for our kids to be. And a lot of times they don't pay attention to that and they take their own path. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that there are some basic things that we can teach our kids, but the really big stuff, they have to learn from someone else because, and this is not every child, but most children, you know, no matter what kind of philosophy you're trying to teach them, unfortunately, a lot of children don't necessarily listen Mm. to their parents, unfortunately. (laughs) They listen to other people, but then they come back when they're 40 and they're like, oh my God, I should have listened to you. <laughs> you know? I mean, isn't that the truth? So I, true. I know it's I true. did it. What about you? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think it's with people in general. Like we don't listen to the people closest to us. It's kind of like nagging, but then somebody else will tell us and ah, the light bulb goes off. Yeah. Oh, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I've never heard that. And your mother's standing right there like, yeah, you never heard it. I only told you about 17 billion times. Right. But of course, you never heard. But, you know, so I think that there are some basic things that we can teach our children. And I think the biggest thing to share with our children that I do with my kids a lot is I share my mistakes. I, I share what I did wrong and how I got through it and how I got to the other side so that I can help them be more open and be more vulnerable to them making mistakes. Because the sooner we get used to making mistakes but learning from it instead of doing it over and over and over again, I think is a better practice. And so with my kids, it's funny, I'm going to actually be on a documentary Next week, they're coming to my house to film, and the film is called Savvy, and it's about um, women entrepreneurs that are in the financial world that, you know, have kids and how they've taught them and things of that nature, and we're going to be having this, you know, sit-down forum that's going to be filmed, and my kids are going to be, you know, on the platform of explaining (laughs) the things that me and their dad have taught them. And so, you know, I don't think that you want to get like real in depth with your kids because a couple of things can happen. And what I've seen happen with parents is parents will get frustrated Mm. because their kids don't listen to them. And then it causes that chasm in the relationship. I think that if you sit down with your kids and you say, whether you've had a good financial experience or, you know, you're learning you share with them the ups and the downs of finances. You share with them the basics about having a checking account, understanding how to balance um, a bank statement, um, how to look at compound interest, you know, pull out um, one of your statements from your credit card and explain to them what they're looking at so that they know for the future you know, these basic types of things. And then there's tons of great literature out there that you can either give them a book or have them be on a podcast or have them go to a workshop and have them be around other kids, around their peers. Because I have learned that a lot of the young people, they really like being around their peers and seeing the reaction from their peers, and they learn better that way. I've seen that 
the, you know, Generation X and the millennials, that's really how they, they think, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and the reason for that is, is because we have to understand, you know, they've come into a world of social platforms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody is speaking in their voice about something. And so they've come into a place where, you know, when we grew up, it was kind of like, you know, we didn't share everything with everyone, right? Mm -hmm. There was, you know, not necessarily secrets, but, you know, like mama told you, like, don't share your business, you know? (laughs) And these kids nowadays, they just share everything. Everything. (laughs) I think that there's some basic things that you can share with your kids that gives them a solid foundation, you know, because that's that's the thing that we want to do. Like my favorite book in the whole entire world says, that, you know, show them the way that they should go so that they don't err when they get older. I mean, now I'm paraphrasing what it says, but the the bottom line is, is that what we're entrusted to do with our kids is to help them build a, a foundation so that when they go off and they learn different things, they add to that solid foundation that we've given them as parents. What is his favorite book? I'm curious. The Bible. Ah, that's what I thought. I just wanted to hear. Yes. We are preaching up in here. Yeah. And that's what we meant yeah. now. Like that. It's been, we were just tallying. It's been over 15. Our daughter, our, our oldest daughter, wasn't even born when we when we first when we met. first met, yeah. Wow. And now oh, she, yeah. she's about to be 15. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And trying to teach her all of these lessons now. Yeah. And I'm honestly, I mean, even as an adult hearing you say that, I, I feel like I need to go home and just pull out my credit card statement and see if I can explain it to my children. <laughs> <laughs> now this, this, this is, is how where I, I went oh, wrong. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> exactly. hold on. K-R-R, girl. K-I-R. Yeah. Do me like, a favor. Can you try. Google that? <laughs> Well, see, listen, so what's happening is, is that you're being challenged to go and learn something yourself, which Mm -hmm. is great. And what did I, what did we just talk about? You know, teaching your kids. So you can go to your daughter and be like, look, let me just tell you something. I'm learning the same time you are. So let's learn together. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know, with the climate of the world today, I, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity that's going to that's going to come out of everything that we're experiencing. Coronavirus, uh, BLM movement. Everybody's a little bit more socially aware of everything that's going on. There's a lot. We're sort of digging deeper. Uh, People are open to getting more educated and educating themselves, advising some people on specific places that they can go. Some people, I think, would open up a credit card statement and really not be able to actually figure out what are all these numbers and what does that mean? Like, are there some sort of basic places that we can start? Well, Gio, let me just tell you, you have given me my next show. On your credit today, we're going to be talking about how to read your credit card statement. I love it. Definitely. And my mortgage statement. I signed all that big old packet of paperwork. And do I really know? I mean, I know that, I'm. you know, I just, what are the interest fees and what are compound? I mean, I, all of this stuff, I feel like we do take for granted sometimes that we understand. And like I said, when I was embarrassed to say that we don't understand. Totally. Yeah. I do it a lot. Yeah. And don't be embarrassed because the thing is, is that the way to change is by being honest with yourself and being honest with others, because you never know going back to blessing people. You never know who you can bless. 
Absolutely. with the information that you don't know. And then once you get to know it, because if you continue to not ask, and that's one of the things my mom always said, like I always asked why. I was always like a very precocious child, you know, wanting to know things. And even in my adult years, you know, my husband always says like, gosh, you know, I don't know why you always ask those questions. And I'm like, because if I don't know something, I want to know, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'll be talking to someone that's a fortune 500 CEO and they'll say a word and I'll be like, "Uh, no, don't go any further because what does that word mean? And I'm not afraid to be seen or be put out there because now I just got wiser and believe it or not, even the smartest people in the world really appreciate it when you stop and say, I don't know, and they have an opportunity to pour into you. Yeah. Yeah. So in answer to your question, as far as like, you know, where do you go to get information? I first want to say that you want to be careful because The thing that we talked about as far as like the new platforms and the social media and these new platforms for people to have a voice can be dangerous because it's a lot about people's opinion. And a lot of the times they're not really based in facts. Mm. And so, you know, yes, absolutely. There's a plethora of information out there, but you want to make sure that the information that you're getting is from a certified expert. Okay, because you can have a guy out on YouTube that's been, you know, working in finance for a year and he's giving advice to people. And I don't want to downplay the fact that he may know something, but it's better to get it from a seasoned professional that's had the opportunity to do what we just talked about. They've gotten dirty, they've made mistakes, and they've learned from those mistakes, and they've had the opportunity to learn from their peers and also their elders. So I would say that you wanna make sure that whatever information that you're gathering, wherever you're learning from, you wanna make sure that you're learning from someone that has some depth or has some certifications. So, you know, one of the places you could go is um, definitely to Susie Orman, you know, like she's really, really powerful, knows a lot of things. Like if there was any, and I don't have any idols, okay, but if there was anyone that I totally respect, it's it's her. And, you know, um, I, the, the biggest reason why I respect her is when you w- watch her talk and when you watch her you know, um, have interviews with people and she's helping people. Um, she definitely does not have any bedside manner, but I'm okay with that. But she gets down in the dirty and helps them really understand very key components. And she explains it. And I always say she break it, she breaks it down like a shotgun. You know, she takes off every piece so that there's nothing missing and you understand. If you walk away from a conversation or you walk away from watching a video or anything and you still don't have an understanding, unfortunately, that means the teacher is not doing a good job in teaching. So, you know, while I agree with you that there's a ton of information out there and we are in an information boom, it's very important to be responsible with the information that we're listening to. And as people that are giving information, it's responsible. It's really important for us to be responsible with our words and our education and our teaching. So, you know, that's one of the things that I 
um, want to do or I aspire to do with my podcast with Your Credit Today is really bringing in stories from clients that I've encountered or like you just said, you know, I want to know how to read my statement. You know, these are the kinds of things that I need to know so that I can bring them to the airwaves and teach people Yes, because there's so much to uncover. There's so much to know about credit and finances that there's just a ton of content. Yeah, You know, and I'm still building mine, but there's a ton of people out there that have content that's really, really good. Why do you think they don't teach it in schools? Why aren't we educating our young children about credit? We are now. We are now. So there are a lot of certified programs. Um, You know, I was telling Kevin that, you know, Ralph and I have been working on a financial literacy program called Credit Swag. And it's for, you know, it's for college age students um, to help them kind of have a financial plan going through college. And there's a there's actually a program that um, it was supposed to be hitting schools in 2022, um, where they would have textbooks and um, the schools were actually going to have a bank that kids could go into and, you know, have that real experience. But unfortunately with COVID, a lot of things have been pushed back. But, you know, again, being in an information boom society, there is so much at our hands. Um, There is also, gosh, it's escaping me right now, but there's, there's actually a Christian um, financial guy out there. Gosh, why can I not think of his name? This is terrible. What is it? I, I know exactly who you're talking about because he has seminars all the time and he has a program. Yes. That he can go yeah. To. Yeah. And he's uh, really great. And he's got kids games and all kinds of things. But, you know, it, it is coming. It is coming yeah. that those, those types of things are coming. And one of the aspirations that I have in the whole movement of doing the credit swag Um, app and financial literacy is that I want to have huge seminars where my idea is to bring um, young adults into a big room and teach them every aspect of financial wellness that they need to know without their parents being there and having their parents come and meet them when they graduate out of the class, which is, you know, it's going to be a two-day seminar And we would have booths outside where these young adults would sit with their parents and tell them everything that they've learned. Mm. And I think it would be so powerful because like you were saying, a lot of parents don't know. And how amazing would it be for your child to be sitting there telling you all these things and you're like, wow, I didn't know that. Absolutely. You know, so um, that's, that's something that I aspire to do and hope that I get to do once all of this Corona crap goes away. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Dave Ramsey. It was Dave Ramsey. Was that oh, Dave, Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. Yes. Yes. Have a ton of respect for Dave. Um, he's an amazing guy. Um, you know, very spirit filled, you know, man after my own heart. And I think what he is teaching and um, helping people understand is is very wise. I don't agree with all of his tactics, just so you know. We are on two opposite ends of the spectrum about, you know, he really believes in not having any debt. But in the great U.S., it's kind of impossible to not have debt and to be able to actually build 
a legacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on uh, you know, if you lived in Podunk, Iowa, maybe, you know, but you can't do that living in Florida or Los, Los Angeles, Angeles or New York or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the major metropolitan areas, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't do that. Yeah. So, you know, the thing is, is that credit is an amazing opportunity. In the U.S., we have been given such an amazing opportunity to, you know, they say, look, we're going to trust you. You know, if you have a good FICO score, if you have proven that you can borrow money and pay it back, we're going to do something great for you. Well, what's that? Well, you want to buy that million dollar house and you don't have a million dollars? We're going to trust you. You just put 10% down and yes, we're going to charge you some interest but we're going to give you that million dollars so that you can go ahead and buy that house. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of countries that don't have that opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when you can learn how to use credit as what it was designed to be, a tool, money is a tool. When you learn to use it as a tool and not a means to live by, then you get somewhere. But, you know, Gio, you said something that I hear a lot of young adults say that go to college, which was when you went to college, what was the first thing you saw when you went into the lunch area? You saw American Express and I don't know the other credit card company you used. And they said, hey, you know what? We'd love to give you $10,000. And what do you think as a college bound child is Drinks on me. Absolutely. (laughs) And the thing is that what you don't know because you weren't taught is that that drinks on you was going to take you 10 years to pay it off with interest. And it was going to cost you five times the amount of you being big willy and slapping your credit card down. Exactly. Now I'm not saying you did that, but this <laughs> is it's important to be big willy in college. Right. You were big willy because you bought somebody else 10 Look. drinks for those five that you bought. <laughs> you didn't even know you exactly. was getting somebody else to, on top of the drinks that you got. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing is, is that, you know, credit is a very powerful thing. But you have to use humility when you have credit. Otherwise, if you use it as power, oh, baby, Mm -hmm. it will overpower you and take you right to the bankruptcy court. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. On the show, you're you're being so calm now on your show. You get you right in. You got all your... He is so awesome on the show. You, everyone that's, that's listening has to check out the show, Your Credit Today. I mean, yes. oh my goodness, the energy and the passion that you hear now she has on every show and with her guests. And like you said, too, every time, if there's a word that pops up, and I know me, sometimes that happens in a conversation, you hear somebody say something, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know what that is. And you stop them right away every time. No, hold on now. This is a teaching show. <laughs> I need to understand exactly what that term means. And that's so beautiful because like you said, it there is. could be so many other people that were thinking that very thing. And, you know, just like you said, you, you crack it open. You know, you get down to the very basic levels of understanding so that you really know what the people are talking about and how you can apply it to your life. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I, would say, I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah. 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 
Absolutely. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's real hard. I don't know, but I want to know. I just don't want you to know that I don't know. <laughs> so how am I going to get to know? Before we let you go, we want to make sure that we get your socials and your information so that we can let our listeners know where they can find you. Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of junk out there and we want them to get the real deal. Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, so as you know, because the reason that I'm even on this show with I Am Music is that I do a podcast, um, which is called Your Credit Today. And you can pretty much see it on all of the platforms that are out there. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Angela Setters Bassard. I also have a website. Um, and by the way, I have a website that's coming, which is therealcreditqueen.com, but it's not there yet. Ooh, uh, love, so it. love the name. <laughs> you can go to credit, I'm sorry, conquercredit.com. And that's my company's website right now, but I'm working on my personal uh, social platform that is coming soon. Yes. Very yes. exciting. Yes. By the time this it. is out, that might be out. So it might be perfect timing. Okay. <laughs> I love it. And I think yeah. you have another career in VO work. Your voice is just so great. Oh. It's awesome. You know what? I should have I should have done that. Um definitely you really should. should have done that. I do you still voiceover can. work for shows and things like that that people are doing on stages, but I don't do it a lot. It's just friends. Yeah. But it's fun. I love it. I I wish I could just be doing this all day long, but it didn't. God didn't have that plan for me. One day, hey, you never That's know. Right. You it's never know. You might be still on the here. Path still. <laughs> yeah, you might be on that. I'm path. not that old. I know. Hey, exactly. <laughs> like I said, spring chickens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and before we let you go, we want you to give us three to five words that complete the sentence for you. I am blank. I am powerful. Not because of me, but because of the God in me. I love it. Yeah. There we go. I am an educator and I am worthy. Yeah. Love it. There Those you are go. fantastic. <laughs> yes. And then we sort of make it a habit that we go around here and we and we reciprocate. So um I you know, we're just gonna give you a couple words. You are incredible. <laughs> you are a queen. <laughs> <laughs> you are a visionary. Yes. yes. You are inspiring. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And the last piece, I mean, the whole reason we're in a studio here, I Music Studio, the whole reason that we're here is because of this woman. That's right. Because we had a home studio that we worked at for years, and she just kept saying, Kevin, you need to go out. And I've seen these people. Why aren't you doing this? That question, why aren't you this? And I started asking that question. Why aren't we this? And lo and behold, you know, the way that God works, we mm. were finding a person that just randomly had a studio open that was available. And here we are doing the very thing that you spoke about and asked about, you know, I mean, wasn't too long ago, actually. Yeah. It all materialized. Yeah. Well, I think that you are, um, I think that first and foremost, I think that you have a gift that you have to share with others. And, you know, God has put you in that position um, to, you know, be that conduit to so many people that want to have their voice heard. And that's what I love about what you guys are doing is you're giving people that platform to be heard. 
And I think that the most powerful thing we have is our voice. And when we're responsible with our words, yes. it's very powerful. Look at that. And now we got to stay next to you so we can keep ourselves in here. <laughs> keep our credit clean. <laughs> keep the payment. <laughs> and don't forget to tune into your credit today. After you tune out of I am. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your afternoon with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com.